In the first 10 years of entrepreneurship, many entrepreneurs need to find side hustles to stay afloat in the downs of running a company. One of my stops along the way was in Channelside, Tampa at the District Tavern Restaurant, and one of my closest friends, Phil, mentioned an opening with his friend, Allie, and I'm very glad we met. She's been an honor to work for, and she does so much good for her employees and the restaurant. I've been looking forward to learning more about her story behind the scenes. She went from running the bar as a lead bartender to now opening her third restaurant. So as you know, there will be a ton of learning lessons, especially those of you who want to open and manage a successful restaurant. But some other areas we're going to dive into today that will help all entrepreneurs, no matter the industry, are how to scale, how to manage employees, how to deal with turnover, prepare for seasonal swings, and so much more. And be sure to stick around to the halfway point for this week's Spotlight story, because opening a restaurant and running it is not easy. So we're going to dive into an article from Forbes titled, Business Lessons Any Entrepreneur Can Learn from a Failed Restaurant, and then get Allie's take on it. Allie, welcome to that entrepreneur show. Hello, how are you? Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you for joining us. I'm looking forward to getting this show rolling. Allie, what led you to entrepreneurship? I mentioned a little preview there. You went from behind the bar to over the bar. Let's talk more about that journey. Yeah, I'd love to. I, I started working at a young age. I always wanted to make money. So, you know, when you're a kid and you're growing up and you want things and my parents have an amazing work ethic. They're very hard blue collar workers from the uh, Northeast. So it was always in our you know, the way we were taught as kids, if you want something, you work hard to go get it. So I had uh, three jobs at the same time back when I was a teenager. So I worked when I was 13 uh, at a restaurant and uh, worked my way through college. And I, you know, was bartending and learning the restaurant industry. I continued in the industry, which is always very flexible for when you're in college. And when I graduated college, I thought, okay, I have this piece of paper. Um, I got my degree in political science of all fields. And uh, I joined corporate America and I worked in HR and I learned a lot of really cool skills that would obviously later help me with my business. But at the time I was working really hard and I was working these long hours and, you know, you're a new kid, graduated from college. And uh, the, the work I was putting in, I, I wasn't fulfilled. I wasn't satisfied. Um, I was working for the man, quote unquote. And uh, I met our boss. He came uh, to our office. And all I remember is him talking about his boat in Naples. And he was going on this trip and this and that. And I thought to myself, I was 23. I'll never forget it. And I thought, why am I working my ass off for this guy to have a big boat and go on all these trips? If I'm going to work that hard, I'm going to work for myself. So I made that decision when I was 23. I was going to open my own business. I didn't know what it was at the time, but I decided I would do whatever it took to do that. So that was how I, my first thought about being an entrepreneur, because I don't think that's something um, maybe a little bit more relevant today with social media, but back growing up, it wasn't really a career path that anybody would have followed at, 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 you know, in college or anything like that. This segment is sponsored by Bedrock Business Builders, a small business startup specialist. Start, build, manage. You saw firsthand kind of the lifestyle you wanted to create. You made that leap. You took the leap of faith. And now, like I said, we're fast forwarding to the third restaurant. But before we start talking about number three, let's talk about one and two. Yeah, you got it. So number one, uh, 
the first restaurant we started was back in 2015. Uh, we started getting ideas for restaurants back in probably 2013 when we started brainstorming. And um, it's a pretty cool story, actually, that I'd love to share with you guys. So after I decided uh, I wanted to work for myself, uh, I moved to Tampa and I was bartending. I found a great place that felt very homey. And I made a lot of friends and I worked in this cool spot that people could come in and hang out. And uh, I always used bartending or serving or, you know, managing a restaurant as an opportunity to network and meet a lot of people because everyone there is happy. Right. Uh, everyone works in different fields when they come into bars and restaurants. So you, you get to meet a lot of really cool people from all different walks of life. It's not like you're only meeting pe people in banking, for example. Mm -hmm. So, um, I had a, a group of regulars that would come in and see me. I work, you know, uh, during the week at happy hour and, there was this one person who I became pretty good friends with who was watching me work and um, was impressed with my work ethics. She saw me work very hard. She saw me be able to handle things and stay calm. And, and she says to me, hey, Al, wh what do you want to do? What do you want to be? And I was, you know, in my mid-20s. And I said, you know, Bev, um, I want to open my own business. And at the time, I didn't know it was a restaurant is what I wanted to do. So some time goes by. She goes, well, what kind of business? You know, what, what do you want to do? Why don't you think about it? So make a long story short, she was in uh, senior living. So she was dealing with a lot of old people, you know, people in their 80s and 90s. Right. And she was in this big community with hundreds and hundreds of residents. And uh, she wanted to do something to diversify what she was doing. And she had opened up a couple other businesses um, in the past and had found success. So she told me that what she likes to do is find a young person and and give them an opportunity and and think about what it would be that you would be great in. So I, I remember telling my parents about this and said, hey, uh, guys, I found this person who really thinks I, I work hard and, you know, they want to maybe do something with me that's bigger than what I'm doing now. And, uh, you know, they couldn't believe it. They said, that's a great opportunity, you know, move forward with this. Is that, you know, and you're, you're like, kind of like, okay, let's, let's see what's going on with this. Make a long story short, um, we talked about doing a restaurant because that was my background. That's what I knew. That would be something that just made sense for the next step in my career. Mm -hmm. And we did our due diligence. We researched every restaurant in Tampa Bay. And, you know, we were up in the suburbs north of here for a while. So what we wanted to do was come downtown before Tampa really took off and mm -hmm. plan a foundation here. And that's what we did. We opened up a restaurant in Channel Side back in 2015 before there was a lot of growth and obviously not a lot of buildings were there. And um, we played the waiting game for a couple of years. There wasn't much going on those first couple of years. And we found a team that believed in us. And there were lots of slow nights. And those guys hung in there with us. Um, and obviously, we did our best to wait it out. And it worked because now Channel Side's booming. And we have a, a very loyal following and clientele. And we were able to open our second restaurant uh, last year, actually. And that's located in South Tampa. And it's a little bit of a more of a chef driven concept where our first restaurant is a little bit more of a casual eatery, late night, sports bar, a little rowdy, a little fun, a little this, a little that. And now we're getting ready to focus in on our third location, which, uh, you know, when I have more information, I'll be able to dive in a little bit more. But uh, yeah, we're going to keep going. I think we found uh, a good recipe for success here in Tampa to find really good people to expand with and grow with and have the passion for it. Oh, well, I'm excited to stay tuned for number three. We'll have to bring you back on the show once you're ready to make some more announcements with it. But and as far as entrepreneurship, when you did make that big leap, 
What are some of the more challenging parts you find of being on your own to help out everyone tuning in today? One of the hardest things that I can help with would be the time management. I mean, it, it, there's a big difference from when you work from, for somebody else or a company and you clock out and you know, you're, you're done for the day versus when you go into ownership, it is a 24 seven job and it's always yeah. on your mind. You always have to be available. And you know, those first couple of years, I think you have to really prioritize that and make sure you know what you're getting into, because I don't think it's for everybody. I don't think a lot of people would actually like that. And I think you have to know that um, because you are going to have to make some major sacrifices that not a lot of people would want to do. Oh, your friends are going out. It's Friday night. Well, I can't. I got to work. Mm. Um, oh, hey, you know, we're all going to take this vacation. Let's go. Well, I haven't had a vacation in years and I'm OK with that because I knew what I was getting into. Um, and I think that that's something that you got to kind of keep it real when you're getting into business. They have the fake entrepreneurship perception with the Elon Musk and the Bezos yeah. that are literally one in a billion where, I mean, I, at least I could speak for myself and you where it's really around the clock. There's always something to do. It's not like we can just finish our task and then just be done for the weekend, come back on Monday. Unfortunately, that's one of the down parts of entrepreneurship where, like she said, you're always turned on. You always have to work, but if it's for you, it's for you because the rewards certainly outweigh all of the heartache, all of the headaches. It's just, there is no recipe for entrepreneurship. It's just trial and error, tweaking it, moving forward. She has found her recipe for success and I can't wait to see what else is coming next. But before we hop into this week's Spotlight story, it is Gasparilla time. So we're going to dive into one part of Gasparilla discussion. What is one of your favorite parts of the holiday weekend? Oh, Gasparilla, man, it, it is the best holiday. And it's funny, I'm not from Tampa Bay. I didn't grow up here. So I really didn't understand Gasparilla when I first moved here. And people would talk about Gasparilla, blah, blah, blah. Oh, how cool could it be? Oh, big deal. It's a parade. Who cares, right? No, Gasparilla is part of the culture here. It is an honor truly to be part of Tampa Bay, to be able to participate in like this super cool time of year where not only is it the Gatsburla parade, but then you have the night parade, the children's parade, you have the art festival, music fest. I mean, there's so many different avenues that Gasparilla brings to our community. And it's just so fun to see everybody get excited about it. I mean, it's, it's by far the best. I like that, how you said that, because it really does unite the community. It brings everybody together. People travel from all over to come to this. And it is, I think, the third or second biggest, longest lasting parade. Yeah. It, it's pretty cool. I don't know if I'll get the chance to make it out there this year. Uh, it is PodFest weekends. So all podcasters out there, maybe I will run into you this weekend. It is going to be a lot of fun. But for everyone in Tampa, stay safe and have fun. Before we find out what her favorite Gasparilla memory is, which tool she recommends for success, and which entrepreneur she'll sit down with, we're going to break and hop into this week's Spotlight story. I think we're going to get a lot of good feedback from today's guest as she is now on her third restaurant coming ahead. Let's dive into this article again titled, Business Lessons Any Entrepreneur Can Learn from a Failed Restaurant. Here's how it starts. Many people dream of opening a restaurant, and the idea of being a successful restauranteur has become more popular and glamorized with the rise of celebrity chefs and TV cooking shows. However, the reality of running a restaurant is often unglamorous, expensive, and stressful. Many restaurants struggle to make a profit, 
Many fail, and many restaurant owners find that the dream of running a cozy, friendly little food service can quickly become a nightmare. This is where the author of this article came across an article from Toronto Life by someone named Robert Maxwell, a former restauranteur who says that fulfilling his dream of becoming a restaurant owner almost ruined his life. It cost him his savings, house, and almost ended his marriage. The article is described as gripping, well-written, honest, and authentically human, where there are many lessons we can take away as owners. One being test before you launch. Maxwell was an enthusiastic home cook who loved new recipes, watching shows, and reading about food. He thought his kitchen skills and his love of food would translate right into success of a restaurant. And even though he operated at a booth at a Toronto food festival to practice cooking and serving, he served 400 people in one day and thrived on an adrenaline rush. This is a good idea for a new restaurant owner to run a test because it is a proof of concept. Start small like a food tent and see if it will be a good idea to scale small and go all in. Another one is get the price right. Unfortunately, even on his first day at the festival, he lost money. He served to 400 people, but it was more of a labor of love. He didn't actually turn a profit on his first day in the quote restaurant business. This lack of pricing acumen later was a problem when he opened his restaurant, which is called the Beech Tree. Even though Maxwell's restaurant was serving critically acclaimed, complex, ambitious cuisine, it describes he wasn't charging enough to earn a profit. I'm going to dive into one more before bringing on our guest of honor and being an entrepreneur in management are different skill sets. And we're going to learn from our guest how she combines these. Maxwell lost his restaurant. The business is still operating and succeeding today, but under new ownership. He lost a lot of money on his dream of restaurant ownership, quickly became overwhelmed by debt, started drinking too much and taking anti-anxiety pills, and eventually had to sell his house and cash in a retirement savings fund. Today, we learn he is in a better place emotionally and has his family intact, but is still going to be in debt for a long time. A sad and hard lesson, but true. Passion is not enough. You need to have some business acumen, surround yourself with people who have been there, just like Ali has done. The restaurant industry is one of the most competitive, risky, and cost-intensive industries of all. But no matter what industry you're in, the sacrifices of entrepreneurship can be worth it if you have a sound strategy. Go into it with your eyes open and understand how to manage your weaknesses and compensate to overcome what you know. Ali, a lot of great information in this article. I would love to hear your thoughts. Absolutely. I love the article and I think there's a great lesson to be had for everybody is that just because you love something doesn't mean you're going to be great at it. For example, um, I like to get my nails done. I would never open a nail salon. I don't know the first thing about nail salons or how they work or how they open and operate and uh, profit margins. Um, I think you see this happen a lot in restaurants specifically that people, they love to cook. They love food. They love going to dinner, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's very glamorized to the restaurant industry with all these cooking shows and and the celebrity chefs, but the nitty gritty behind the scenes that the everyday ins and outs of making a restaurant work is that's not what you see on tv and that's not what you think when you're cooking a delicious meatloaf at home so my advice for anybody uh following after reading the article is if you want to pursue an industry or something you're very passionate about you have to 
like you said earlier, Ben, you have to partner with somebody that knows business. If you don't know business, then you can't open a business. <laughs> I don't care if you are the best cook in your town, but unless you have the business sense or partner with somebody, I think you have a really, really hard time, just like Maxwell did in his article. Um, one of the things that I did, obviously I knew the restaurant industry, but I wasn't a businesswoman. And I partnered with somebody who was a businesswoman. And under her mentorship, yep. I have become a businesswoman so that I can also, you know, move forward, help people or partner as well. But I think there's a big lesson to be learned for that. Yes. And you just gave another lesson right there. You, you compliment your weaknesses with someone else's strengths. You found someone who was into business, Bev, and now look how far you all have come. I am very much looking forward to number three. But before we get into restaurant number three again, let's dive back into Allie's story. We talked about favorite things about Gasparilla. What is one of your favorite Gasparilla memories? Obviously, there's, there was a big difference before I opened a restaurant downtown uh, where you go to the parade and you enjoy have a good time to actually hosting Gasparilla. And I have to say my favorite Gasparilla memory was last year. It was post-COVID and we were able to reopen and there was no restrictions or occupancy restrictions, which we dealt with for years. Mm -hmm. And to be able to open the doors and have hundreds of people come and just let their hair down and enjoy and drink mimosas and eat our brunch that we do every year. I mean, wow. it was a sold out brunch and it was fun. It was just, everyone was enjoying themselves. And there was just this amazing camaraderie in the air of people out and about enjoying their life, no cares. Everybody was just there loving their life. And to be a part of that was really magical. And I, I mean, it's so silly talking about that kid just gave me goosebumps, but <laughs> it was honestly such a cool moment uh, as a business owner to just look around and just see everybody enjoying your restaurant during the busiest day of the year. And it just, it went smooth. You know, uh, a lot of times when you're like super busy, you have some worries, you know, are we going to run out of product? Do we have enough toilet paper in the bathroom? You know, every little thought you could ever think are things you try to prepare for. And, you know, when you're hosting 500 people to eat brunch, um, it was, it was wonderful. It was smooth. It was fun. And I'll always remember last year's Gasparilla. I love it. Well, I wish you success on each Gasparilla from here on out. And I definitely can understand how your definition of favorite can shift when you have your own company now, your own baby, and you watch it blossom to have so many people come in. Thank you for sharing that, everyone listening on. I'd love to hear your favorite Gasparilla memories. Be sure to reach out to the show, and we'll feature them on one of the episodes. But before we let Ali go, which entrepreneur would you choose to sit down with throughout history, dead or alive, to learn from, have a conversation with? Okay, then you're going to think this is such an oddball answer, but I thought sure. about this and I think I would pick, um, it's a French 18th century philosopher. His name's Denny Diderot. And he was the first guy who put together all this information to do the encyclopedia. And okay. at the time, it was very secular. So it took balls, okay? You had balls to go against the church and say, hey, I'm going to do this, put this knowledge and spread it across the country, which, you know, later on prompted the French Revolution, but took a chance, went against the, you know, normal brains of society to just get out there, get his book in front of everybody that he could and spread this knowledge so that other people could also pick up one book and have a little bit. It's, I mean, honestly, it's like the internet today, right? 
Mm-hmm. That's the encyclopedia back in the 1700s. So I just uh, was very inspired by that. And that is who I would sit down with and just say, where the heck did you get this vision from? How, how did it. you, you know, have this idea and then to be able to make it worldwide back then before you had the technology to do it, it just blows me away. And he spent his whole life working on that. And I thought it was really cool because, you know, prior to the internet, which I remember those days, uh, we did use the encyclopedias. I mean, it just, it was amazing. So that's who I would sit with. And I know it's kind of a weird answer, but I am very inspired by that. No, I love when guests come on and bring up either titans of industry or people before the internet because they don't have the ability to just Google the answer that they have the question to. Yeah. They, they, They can't just Google things. They have to Think outside the box, figure it out. And they did just that. But Allie, I had a great time bringing you on the show today, learning your story. Can you please share where everybody can find more about all of your businesses, more about you? Absolutely. Uh, so we're big on our social media. So you can follow districttaverntampa.com uh, is our website, or you can find us on Instagram or Facebook. Our other restaurant in South Tampa is called Dish, or District South Kitchen and Craft, uh, as well as you can find me personally on Instagram at Allison D one seven. Everyone be sure to go check out those websites, check out the menu. And when you come into the Tampa area, be sure to stop in and say hello to Allie. And I am at Vincent A. Lancy on all social media and YouTube. And the show is at that entrepreneur show and hashtag that entrepreneur show. I wish everyone a happy Gasparilla weekend. And Allie, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. This was fun. Thank you so much.